Welcome into episode nine of Priming the Pump, the podcast from X-Ray Equipment. I'm your host, Jason Danley. Appreciate you coming in with us and subscribing to this podcast so you can get all the latest updates and hear about the things uh, that we're talking about. Still growing. Appreciate all of the new subscribers that we've got over the last couple of weeks, people that have been you know, fans of either Heartland Farm Partners that have come on or our, our talk that we did with Nick Flights of Pintair Hypro uh, and also Casey Fitzsimmons, former NFL tight end. If you have not checked out any of those episodes, please go to our library. You can check them out. Or, like I said, if you just would like or subscribe to the podcast on any of those uh, fine little uh, devices out there that you happen to be listening to them on, uh, you would get these uh, fed to you immediately. With that said, it is spring. Some of you might be listening to this podcast in a tractor right now or as you're hauling something somewhere. We appreciate you uh, uh, listening into the podcast and uh, giving us the opportunity uh, to maybe entertain you for a little bit and uh, yeah, get some new information to you. Fun one today, uh, Rob Sharkey is our guest. Uh, some of you know him as The Shark Farmer. He's on Twitter. He's got his uh, own website, sharkfarmer.com. Uh, he's got uh, just a, a lot of uh, a, a lot of social media out there. Uh, he is a guy uh, that uh, really, when uh, the world of ag started to move technology and people started to embrace podcasts and YouTube and television, uh, Rob really started growing a brand, and uh, he's everywhere now. He's on RFD TV. He's on XM Satellite Radio. He's got his own podcast. He co-hosts a podcast, the What the Farm podcast. Uh, he found out in this interview he's going to be doing a show on PBS. I mean, he he's a little bit of everywhere. So entertaining guy. He'll claim that he's not. Uh, and I just talked to him in this uh, podcast about how he got his start, you know, how he got into – uh, the world that he's in now, and then kind of how he manages uh, the life of being a farmer along with the guy that is also uh, working in uh, ag media, I guess would be the easiest way to put it. So uh, we talk with Rob Sharkey today. As always, be sure to go out and uh, download, listen to, like, subscribe, whether it's on iTunes or Pandora or maybe you're uh, you're a Spotify person, or maybe you're you're getting this on Google. Just make sure you like and subscribe, so you kind of get that permanent download, and uh, you're constantly then listening to this podcast when our uh, episodes come out every other Monday. We uh, are staying on that schedule every other Monday. We kick this guy out uh, officially on our on our Facebook feeds and all our other social media. But if you subscribe, you might get it a little bit earlier or over the weekend, so you got it ready to go when you start off your week. With that said, uh, let's get to the interview. We now welcome into the podcast Rob Sharkey, and for most of you out there, you know Rob either from RFD TV, uh, one of his podcasts, uh, the world of Twitter or many other places out there. Rob, thank you very much for uh, coming on Priming the Pump with us here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I know that you're a busy guy. Uh, the thing I look at, you know, just from on the media side and, and what you're doing with, uh, you know, the shark farmer, as, as, as you know, you kind of have the brand out there for it. You stay busy enough with that. You've got the farming on top of that. So getting you tracked down, I just, I appreciate you taking a few minutes to uh, to talk with us. Tell Tell our listeners, I guess, how you were born into the world of ag, started in the world of ag, and then kind of made that transition, 
you know, into becoming uh, uh, an advocate, a social media person in, in the world of ag. That's uh, that's you know one of the more well-known ones now. Well, I, the stereotypical farm kid, you know, I grew up. I have five older sisters, so I don't think it was any big surprise that you know, <laughs> my parents were hoping that I would come back. And really, <laughs> there really wasn't anything else that that I wanted to do. So I did go off to college, got an agribusiness degree from Southern Illinois University, came back to the farm. And uh, basically was in a hired hand role for the first couple of years. But you know how it is. You want to kind of get out on your own, kind of establish yourself. So, you know, dad was always in the hogs and that's how I grew up. So I, I knew how to raise hogs. So I decided uh, when a neighbor's barns came up and dad had an empty barn, I was going to fill them up. We were going to buy feeder pigs. So I was getting them in 50 pounds and feed them out to around 250 at the time. That happened to be in 1998, which when the market dropped out. And even though I knew how to raise hogs, I sure as hell didn't know how to market them. So <laughs> yeah. I, had, I was soon very, very broke. I mean, I didn't even know how I was going to get out of that hole. My banker actually told me to file for bankruptcy, but my wife and I decided that wasn't what we wanted to do. So we basically, we started looking at other forms because my dad was broke too, because he was heavy in the hogs. Mm -hmm. So we started a, a deer outfitter just because I wanted some other form of, uh, of income coming in. I was still working for dad as a hired hand, but you know, that doesn't pay off a, a large debt. Yeah, absolutely. And so the outfitter kind of took off and that led into uh, 10 years down the road, me bringing in a, uh, a gal, Carrie Zoka, that had a, a podcast, a hunting podcast. And we talked about that when she was here in the lodge. And that's kind of why we started the, uh, the Shark Farmer podcast, which led into the media side of it. Yeah, it's I don't want to say it's addictive, but it, it just... Once you start with that little snippet, you know, you start doing a podcast or you start with a blog, it, it leads into the next thing, which leads into the next thing, which leads into guys from North Dakota that host podcasts for their company calling you and asking you these questions. So <laughs> that's essentially how we how we got here. So you're, you know, yeah. in, in a way we're a little similar where, uh, I mean, I didn't exactly go back home and, and, and work on the farm, but, you know, son of a dairy farmer, grew up milking cows and went off to college. And then when uh, it was kind of said that I wasn't going to come back and my brother wasn't going to come back and take over, dad kind of said, well, we're going to get out of milking cows in because, as you know, uh, on the hog end, it's pretty labor intensive. And when you're just one guy doing it, uh, yeah, not not exactly going to be uh, uh, something that's going to be uh, – beneficial many years down the road so that that's mm -hmm. you know little little bit of my back so i can relate what you're talking about on the hog side and the crash and then you know trying to find uh new ways now talk a little bit more about the outfitter side the deer uh, outfitter side and, and and maybe some of your success from that and what kind of you know led to your growth there well you know with getting into the hogs it was absolutely the worst timing you could have ever done it and it, it taught me lessons that i'll never forget Ever since then, I've been pretty well blessed with, with great timing on things. And the outfitter was one of them. In the late 90s, uh, if, when you talk deer hunting uh, anywhere across the U.S. of A. on the outdoor media, you're talking about Illinois. That's all anybody wanted to come to. Illinois was the place to come to. So it was easy to get hunters to come in. I just had to go through the learning process of getting the right hunters to come in. And that, I mean, that was a, definitely a process that took several years to do. But 
I mean, it was one of those things that it allowed enough income. And there was years that we were living off that outfitter income. That was our, you know, how we were paying our bills, where everything we were making from, you know, working for my dad and, and farming on our own was going into paying off that debt from the hogs, which, I mean, we eventually did, but it, it took seven years. Yeah. And it's very respectable to say, instead of just going BK on that and, and trying to start over going through the the steps to, you know, do it the right way. Kind of the way we were all brought up. Hey, you know, you, you spent it, you bought it, you, you, you said you're going to do it. So now you're responsible for it. So definitely. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Believe me, there are several nights I thought, you know, I should have listened to that damn banker, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this seemed like a good idea, but it just, I just, yeah. Sometimes you just can't sleep with your, or, or you know, sleep at night. If you're, uh, if you've done something like that, I, I, yeah. I would be the same way. Couldn't, couldn't possibly fathom uh, doing that, but I, I know yeah. some people have to, and, and you know, nothing, nothing against that, but, uh, glad to see that you've been able to climb out of the hole. And then now, uh, what you've got going with the whole shark farmer side, this, this was the part for many years. I, I was kind of on the outside world of ag looking in and I've always said, you know, wh- where are, you know, the, the stars of that industry, you, you look at, uh, some of, some of the other industries and there's ag advocates out there. And, and as we say it in, in our circles, an advocate who are our advocates and people like yourself and Zach Johnson, millennial farmer, and there's many others out there. It, it's nice to see, uh, people that, that understand the technology and what it takes to get the message out there, putting the message out there, because uh, I'm sure as you found, uh, when you started your podcast years ago, um, what you needed to know to get that podcast up and going at that time, it felt like you probably had to take an IT class. Now you can literally log into a website, upload it, and it spits it out to all the, the different forums. So uh, it, it, was there much of a learning curve there for you on the, the technological side, or do you not even step into that and somebody else handle that for you? No, yes and no. I mean, it was just because we'd never done it. it like I talked about, the the hunter with the hunting podcast, Carrie Zoka. Uh, Emily and I drove up to her place in Wisconsin and just sat down for a day and she walked me through it all. So, but yes, I mean, whenever you do something like this, there is a learning curve and you're going to make a lot of mistakes and you think those mistakes are the end of the world, but they really aren't. It's just having fun, putting something out that you think people will enjoy. And again, on the podcasting, my timing, this is not because of, this is just dumb luck and a blessing, but my timing was absolutely perfect getting into ag podcasting yeah i i mean i i came across your podcast uh, a year ago year and a half ago maybe uh and i was like oh yeah new podcast i look into it, i'm like holy cow look at all the episodes here so it, it, it certainly is one of those things where and i've talked about with this with the podcast that that we're doing because we're moving into episode 10 we haven't been doing it a long time they're out there and as i've told many people uh, you know what? It's a slow build. You have to be consistent. You have to do it consistently over time, and and you build the audience. And when did you really start to see that that first boost, that first kick, where you went from maybe a couple, ten, twenty, hundred listeners to all of a sudden now you've got a, a pretty pretty good following? But do you remember what kind of led that, or is it has just always been a few more people every episode? Uh, again, going back to being blessed with the timing on it, uh, it was when ag Twitter was probably at its peak and that's what we were talking about. It was really inside baseball on ag Twitter. And so I remember the very first episode that I post out, uh, you know, it got like a thousand downloads the first day and I thought, Oh, this is fantastic. I didn't realize what that was at that time. I mean, that's, 
that is dumb, dumb luck that because that first episode sucked. <laughs> it was horrible. But, you know, it was so unique. Uh, people wanted to a different way to talk about egg Twitter. So, I mean, that we started off great. And then we did have a slower build. Um, and then it's funny. Uh, I can point to where we really started to build is when we got away from ag Twitter, we started going more towards the, the stories and not necessarily interviewing the big ag Twitter people. Ag Twitter's fantastic, but I mean, it's a small pool and that's all I was pulling out of. Once we started pulling out of a, a, a bigger lake, then we really started to grow. Yeah, and that's what I really do like about your podcast because that's essentially one of the things we're trying to do here is is tell the story uh, of the producers, the farmers, the people working in the world of agriculture and making a difference, uh, and, and tell the positive story of it. You know, we can you know sit and talk about what these guys are planting over here and what you know hybrid these guys are doing over here, but at the end of the day, I, I go back to the world when I used to you know work in the world of sports media. Yeah, reporting on the games, you know, that was fun, but I wanted the stories. I wanted the features. I wanted to know how that person got there and kind of like how I'm talking with you, how, you know, how you got your start and, 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 and where you're going with it, because that's interesting to me. You know, uh, there's a lot of different farming methods that are out there and we can talk to we're blue in the face on that. But essentially, at the end of the day, you, you kind of go cross eyed and say, oh, good God, is it are we are we still talking about this? I'd, I'd much rather hear you know, the feature stories out there. And, and you certainly have had some very interesting guests. Is, is, uh, do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite reoccurring guest that you interview on your podcast? Uh, I can, you know, I think we've got 256 episodes out now. I think I can count on one hand how many times we've had a, a repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we do try to get new people in there just because there's so many great stories out there. But um you know, one we just featured on um, the Farm Journal show, U.S. Farm Report, was uh, Chris Bodry. He was the assistant coach uh, of the Humboldt Broncos when that bus crashed, mm-hmm. you know, took half the team. And uh, that was, you know, it's funny, that one wasn't one of our most downloaded ones, but I would say that's probably the one I look at as uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, it- the the tearjerker stories are always ones you you remember for sure, and that uh, definitely a tragic story there. But uh, yeah, you know, gr- great that uh, you know you've been able to get uh, some of these guys on, and, and and you know to to open your eyes up maybe a little bit to everything across the country. Did you ever think, you know, being a an Illinois farmer, an Illinois hog farmer, even that you'd be you know talking to people about industrial hemp and the all, all these different farming practices across the country. No, not at all. I, and this was, I mean, you go back four years, none of this was even on our, our radar. I was very content where I was uh, farming, but yeah, this is, this is something that, you know, my, my wife and I do as a career now, something that we even look at, you know, it's not just passing the farm on to the next generation. I mean, we look at the media side as something that we can do too. So as you, uh, we'll get back into the world of farming here a little bit. You know, tell us about, uh, you know, the the day-to-day of your farm and, and what you do. For our listeners that maybe aren't uh, terribly familiar, um, how would you describe your farm to somebody that, that meets you for the first time right now for only talking about the farm side of it? It is a, a very typical 
I state farm. I mean, we raise corn, we raise soybeans. I've tried the other things. I have not made the money on the other things. So I continually try to find out how to make more money per acre on the corn and soybeans. Uh, we don't have any livestock. Uh, once my dad retired, I've uh, retired the hog side of it too, just because uh, I did not have the heart for it. <laughs> my heart mm -hmm. was broken by hogs. So we suck to just, uh, just the crops. But no, a typical day is, you know, we get up, uh, kind of come up with a game plan if we don't already, already have one. I've got a full-time hired man, uh, my, my son who just graduated college uh, and is looking for a job. I, try, I kind of convinced him to maybe stay on through planning here this spring. So we come up with a game plan. We work till, I work till about 11 when I come in, prepare for the XM radio show. We record that at noon. And then it's just back out to the farm unless we've got like a podcast record or something for the TV side. So definitely uh, it, it's a full day for you nonetheless. And I, I kind of wondered how you were able to weave all the media into the day-to-day the -day farm operations. And you've also got the, the What the Farm podcast as well with Leslie Kelly. And I, I wanted to, I should have mentioned this earlier before we started talking about your farm, but um, she, uh, she has no has a uh, what do I want to say a blog, uh, high heels and canola fields. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. being from Illinois, uh, going back to kind of a previous question, you ever think you'd be teaming up with somebody talk that that's got a canola background and and doing a <laughs> ag podcast with them? No, it goes back to Carrie Zelka, the hunter that showed us how to uh, podcast. We started a podcast with her called Farmer and the City Girl, where we're talking about the differences. And she's crazy busy. She was doing several podcasts and she's like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So when, when we look to replace, because I really like the concept, um, I'd known Leslie from other things and, and I really thought she was on the marketing side, one of the absolute tops in agriculture. So I kept asking, she kept giving suggestions of people that could be a co-host and they just, I don't know, we even tried some trial runs. It just didn't quite fit and my wife i remember we we're sitting in the living room at night she goes this is dumb Why well, stop worrying about just you know making sure that it's a city girl and that and get a good co-host and it's obviously leslie so we've been yeah we've been doing that for oh about 150 weeks now yeah it's crazy how you just get can get on a schedule and you do these things consistently and then all of a sudden yeah you got a hundred and 150 episodes in the can or, you know, 255 podcasts. I mean, you've got a ton of media out there, to say the least. So uh, you've definitely uh, been a busy guy. Let's talk farming. Uh, you know, how, how close are you to getting things going uh, in, in the ground in, in, in Illinois right now? And, you know, how are you, how are you dividing things up uh, amongst uh, the, the soybeans and the, uh, the corn this spring? Just a simple 50-50. That's the way we have been. It seems like it works for us. I don't know. I mean, it's, it is cold. Uh, they're talking more rain, uh, but we're looking at the calendar and I guess I've been through these years before. And if you don't try to get something in, uh, then all of a sudden it's the middle of May and you haven't started, but I think we're going to try to get some beans in the ground. I think the, the ground is just, I just don't feel, it just doesn't feel right for me to put corn in the ground as of yet, but hopefully that'll change soon. Yeah. In a couple of warm days, we'll eventually get there. In North Dakota, we're dealing with the same. Everybody got uh, all hot and uh, heavy here in the beginning of April because we were seeing 
you know, daily temperatures of the 60s and low 70s. So the first week of April, guys were, you know, they're gearing up, you know. It was like a drag race and just sitting there, you know, revving the engines. And then, then North Dakota remembered it was North Dakota, and it got <laughs> cold. And we had a little bit of snow, and so that's kind of where we're sitting now. So we're, we're a little ways out. I think I checked soil temperatures this morning across the state, and most of those were uh, mid to high 30s, couple low 40s out there, depending on the, the depths that you were looking at. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's getting there, needless to say. And now a very important question. Once you get in the planner here this spring, I think everybody's kind of got some some old favorites they go with. Uh, but what what planner snacks are you recommending this year? Or or you know, uh, you're out digging, disking, whatever. Uh, what what what's the uh, what's the go to snack you got to have in there with you? Uh, you know the funny thing about uh, being on TV is seeing yourself on TV, <laughs> and yeah. I think the snack is going to have to change this year. <laughs> <laughs> like, why, why does my face look so fat? Well, because you are fat, Jason. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like, man, they aren't kidding. It puts on 20 pounds or whatever. And then Emily's just like, nah, maybe, maybe that's just the way you look. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, no, actually, uh, even if you lost 20 pounds, you, yeah, you, you got a ways to go. No, I, I know that feeling. You're like, wow, all of a sudden, uh, I got some pictures taken there and, uh, the old pandemic pounds, uh, they say 15. <laughs> eh, probably on the high side of that, I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, so lean snacks, lean snacks and water. There you go. Uh, yeah, and, and, and well, I, that's that's what I say. You know, we'll see what really happens. Yeah, all of a sudden a snicker sounds pretty good and you know, <laughs> all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, you did make a good reference the other day. I was watching one of your uncut scenes on, on YouTube and I don't know if the number of people that appreciate old Saturday morning television and, you know, what, what was smack dab in between one another, but you did a, a small jingle of Kids Incorporated, and it took me back to Saturday morning. And I'm just wondering if there's anybody else out there that remembers that show other, other than you and I. Nope. I, I nope. No. I, no. That's what I found about that. I thought that that uh, clip was hilarious, but uh, no, apparently it's just you and me. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden the kids, yeah, I'm sitting there going, ah, that takes <laughs> me back. And then I said it to somebody I work with, and they looked at me like I was a psychopath. Ah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now nobody knows who grizzly adams is it's, uh, that is what i've learned uh in the last two weeks the only people that get the reference is if they watched happy gilmore in the late 90s and when leaf trevino says ha- grizzly adams did have a beard people yeah. laugh but they still don't know the grizzly adams reference so it's, ah, yeah what can a guy oh do? well they, they can't all be diamonds. No. So what, tell me, uh, I'll give you a chance to promote yourself a little bit here. What, what do you have coming up on your podcasts or media and all that, that people should be checking out? Well, we do the, the shark farmer podcast. It comes out every Tuesday and, uh, you talked about the, what the farm that comes out every Monday. So those will be every week. We do the, uh, the XM show daily, uh, comes out at three central, uh, channel One Forty Seven XM. The weekend show, uh, I think, is at 4 o'clock. I don't know. It depends on if a rodeo is on or something, but that's on Saturdays at 4 o'clock. That's an hour-long show. The The television show, Shark Farmer TV, uh, the new season is May the 4th, which nice. is easy to remember. And then uh, the new sh- a new show on PBS, A Shot of Ag, uh, will be hopefully by the end of May. Oh, very nice. So what's the Shot of Ag going to be? I don't know. We haven't filmed any yet. 
they want me to do it, I'll show up. You had a camera and a mic. Let's go. Yeah. Now I, again, I mean, I'm not that entertaining. I'm not that interesting. I do have an ability to interview people and I'm smart enough to realize that's what I need to focus on. So Shadowbag will be a, an interview show and it'll, it, it'll be nice because it's always better to interview in person. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, Rob, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're a busy guy. Thanks for coming on with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jason. He is Rob Sharkey. You can check him out online at sharkfarmer.com. Of course, you can subscribe to his podcast and all of his media. And while you're doing that, just make sure you do that with ours as well. So uh, thanks again for Rob uh, to come on. He's, he's a busy guy this time of year, and I appreciate him taking just a few minutes to talk uh, to us on uh, on our podcast to uh Learn a little bit more about him and what he's doing. With that said, we will wrap things up for today. Appreciate you always coming in and checking out the Priming the Pump podcast. As in life and in pumping, always remember to prime your pump. You never want to run dry, overheat, or cause damage when you don't have to, so stay efficient and work hard. So remember, make sure your pump is primed. Jason Danley, this has been the Ag Spray Equipment.